Part One: Orthodoxy and Understanding. The creation reflects the orderly character of God, the Creator. The perceived disorder is in part the product of man's fallen mind, and in part the product of God's curse of the world. But Christianity must proclaim the historical reality of Christ's resurrection and ascension. This resurrection leads in history to the progressive transformation and liberation of nature from God's curse, just as surely as the fall of Adam led in history to a discontinuous transformation and enslavement of nature. To preach the triumph of the curse is to deny the triumph of Christ at Calvary. To construct a methodology of science in terms of the historically irrevocable effects of the second law of thermodynamics is to ignore a fundamental doctrine of the Christian faith. Gary North Chapter 1 The King Jesus Gospel Now, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which you have received, and in which you stand. Through it you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, was buried, rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. The Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 4. Like it or not, we're in the middle of an ancient war with one basic enemy and only one side that is guaranteed to win. This historical conflict dates back to the early chapters of the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve decided to take matters into their own hands and become a law unto themselves. The enemy? Humanism. The winner? The risen Christ and his covenant people. Keep in mind how God designed the world to function. He created everything good. And when he made Adam and Eve, it was very good. The crown of his creation, mankind, was to serve God as prophets, priests, and kings under God's sovereignly gentle rule. Man was made in the image of God, which means that Adam and Eve and their children's children were to reflect the glory of God by obediently laboring for God's kingdom franchise. They were God's newly acquired business partners. They were created healthy, happy, and holy the three important H's. As a set-apart people, humankind was to grow in their knowledge of the Lord, creating businesses, exploring free market enterprise, manufacturing goods, understanding molecular biology, and distributing their services. This kingdom enterprise was, and is, man's purpose. Image-bearing is a vocational calling to spread the holiness and righteousness of God into every area of life. But something went horribly wrong. Satan the deceiver introduced to God's image bearers the idea of autonomy, which means self-law. Quote, then the serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die, for God knows that on that day, when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. End quote. Genesis 3 verses 4 and 5. The knowing good and evil part 
ought to be understood as determining good and evil. Instead of being God's holy subordinates, working for God and his kingdom plan for the world, Adam and Eve swapped their image-bearing responsibilities for a life of selfish ambition and self-determination. No longer would they desire to follow God and his law. They wanted to be a law unto themselves. They wanted autonomy. They believed the lie, exchanging the truth about God for the lie of the serpent. Romans 1, 18-35 The fuel for the engine of humanism is the desire to govern one's own life according to one's own standards and preferences. It is the forsaken aspiration to become not just as God, but a God. Humanism is the attempt to dethrone God. As a result of their rebellious lust, Adam and Eve plunged the world into sickness, sin, and death. Work became frustrating. Our cells would become deficient of nutrients, and thus pathogens and cancers and disease would make their ugly appearance. The world wouldn't function the same anymore because sin, which literally means missing the mark, would become the new working reality and condition. Adam and Eve missed the mark of God's holiness by sinning, that is, transgressing the law of God. 1 John 3 verse 4 As a result, mankind would age and die, a promise God had warned Adam and Eve about when he gave them his law. Metal rusts, wood rots, pathogens wreak havoc, and life under the sun, that is, without God's intervening grace, is vanity. The underlying fruit of all humanist endeavors is hopelessness and despair, which is, sadly, what characterizes many ailing nations today. The King Jesus Gospel Many Christians, it seems to me, have a reductionist view of the gospel. What do I mean? A truncated, reductionist view of the gospel emphasizes only one aspect of the King Jesus gospel. Adherents to this particular brand of Christianity tend to reduce the gospel down to Jesus died for me so I can get out of hell and go to heaven. They elevate the spiritual world and reduce the importance of the material world. This type of thinking makes Jesus a personal Lord and Savior and only a personal Lord and Savior. Yes, Jesus died for your sins against God. Yes, you were buried with Christ and also raised with Christ. You are, in fact, justified by faith alone. These are massively important basics to the Christian gospel. But that's not all. Jesus is Lord of the universe, which is why I called it the King Jesus Gospel. The gospel simply means good news. It is the royal announcement of the inauguration of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. This announcement is based on the work of Christ who was born of the Virgin Mary and lived a perfect life. He died and was buried. He was raised three days later. After spending post-resurrection time with his disciples, he ascended to heaven in fulfillment of Daniel 7 verses 13 through 14 in order to sit on the throne at the right hand of God our Father. The terms and conditions of his newly established covenant treaty are now being enforced in the world for the healing of the nations. 
so much for the gospel being reduced to Jesus died for me. The gospel of the kingdom that Christ established 2,000 years ago is an entire political, Jesus is Lord, and economic, e.g. thou shalt not steal, ordering of life that infiltrates and expands throughout the world in the self-sacrificial, Holy Spirit-empowered missionary activity of the church. This kingdom is comprehensive because sin is comprehensive. It is the all-encompassing authority of heaven taking full responsibility for sin. Jesus is our substitute. In order to reclaim men, women, and children for the kingdom purpose of loving, serving, and obeying God in every single area of life, so that the nations can experience true gospel healing. In all his thinking and doing, Jesus of Nazareth entered into the world to proclaim and enact the kingdom of heaven because it is the kingdom of heaven that heals men, nations, and institutions. Our journey in understanding health starts here. When we have a comprehensive gospel, as opposed to a truncated gospel, we're able to see the larger point of the gospel Jesus preached, which was centered on the imminent coming of the kingdom of God, Mark 1, verse 15. A truncated gospel only emphasizes something like the doctrine of justification by faith alone, a good and true and necessary component of the gospel. A truncated gospel might only emphasize the issue of adoption, a good and true and necessary component as well. But we must not be reductionistic with our definition of the gospel. We must see the totality of the gospel as being that which Jesus emphasized, namely, the kingdom of heaven coming to earth in the person and work of Jesus. This comprehensive kingdom message was at the center of Jesus' teaching and, lest we forget, all of Jesus' actions were centered on demonstrating this kingdom. Think about it. Jesus preached about the ever-growing nature of the kingdom. See Matthew 13. But he didn't just preach it, he enacted it. His faith was one of theology lived out. He healed the blind, the lame could walk, the sick were given their health back, the lepers were no longer leprous, the dead were resuscitated. Jesus didn't come back to bring a doctrine-only gospel, one which has all the right dogma without any real-time historical implications. He brought a full gospel, an across-the-board, all-of-life gospel which touch people's physiological lives as much as their spiritual lives. In other words, his actions were lined up with his preaching, and when the kingdom comes, that's just what happens to the natural world. It is healed. See Ezekiel 47 verse 8 and Revelation 22 verse 2. While in prison, John the Baptist sent for clarification about his cousin's ministry. Wanting to know if Jesus was the expected one. What did Jesus say to John's messengers? Quote, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who does not take offense at me. End quote. Matthew 11 verses 4 through 6. Why would Jesus add this part about blessed 
is he who does not take offense at me. Why would that matter? I submit to you that it mattered because John wasn't getting out of prison. In fact, Jesus quotes from Isaiah in several places but fails to include the part about the prisoners being set free. Why? Because John wasn't going to be set free. On top of this, the inbreaking kingdom wasn't going to look like that which most had expected. Most first century Jews had anticipated immediate reprieve from Roman rule and occupation, coupled with an assertion of Jewish sovereignty as a nation. Acts 1 verse 6. But Jesus had a bigger vision for the kingdom, one which included health and wellness for those who suffered and judgment for those who had done the infliction. Don't take offense, Jesus said, because what Jesus was doing was far bigger than nationalistic aspirations. Jesus brought healing, and the healing would come through fiery judgment. The sickness of oppression ceases when the balm of the kingdom is applied. The outcasts are brought near. Everything changes. So, the gospel then is centered on King Jesus, uniquely tied to the ushering in of the kingdom of God, the new heavens and the new earth, and with it comes a world-shaking paradigm for revival and reformation and healing. The reason we want a far-reaching gospel is because we have an all-encompassing kingdom to deal with every problem we may encounter. Yes, we've been saved from Satan's ferocious grip. We've been rescued from our sins, past, present, and future. We've been set free from the curse of the law, so we can now obey the law. All of these are necessary components and aspects of the gospel and what it does. There is, however, one more aspect to consider in the King Jesus gospel. The Dominion Mandate When Christ died for you, you died with him. The wages of sin is death, Romans 3.23, and this is one paycheck no one will miss. Death reaches all men. And either Christ is your death and you die with him, or you will die alone and face the consequence of hell and eternal conscious torment. But die you must, and die you will. The good news of the gospel is that it comes along and gives you a death, Christ's death. In this judicial act, your sins are forgiven fully and finally. And not only did you die with Christ, you were buried with Christ and thus raised with Christ. Romans 6 verse 4, Ephesians 2 verse 6, Colossians 3 verse 1. The Spirit is a down payment for future resurrection promises. Ephesians 1 verse 13. You are now dead to the law's consequence and alive to the law's provision. In Christ you are now a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 But we can't stop there. We were bought with a price and therefore were supposed to glorify God with our bodies. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20 We are fearfully and wonderfully made. So honor the king with your life. Psalm 139 verse 14 Yes, Christ died for our sin, but Christ was also raised. And part of the raising is taking our fearfully and wonderfully made bodies and glorifying God by carrying out the dominion mandate. Genesis 1 verses 26 through 28 Salvation, in the fullest extent, means not just the salvation of your soul for heaven, but the redemption of your physical bodies 
so that we are properly suited for obedience to the dominion covenant. Adam had failed to carry out his calling. Christ, who is King Adam II, has brought us into himself so that we may continue that calling to work and keep the garden world. Quote, All things belong to you. End quote. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 21. And I take this to mean that the world is now at our fingertips. In Christ, you are raised to do work for the kingdom with joy and peace and righteousness. In Christ, you are to be healthy, happy, and holy. What I'm suggesting is that in Christ, the world and everything therein is ours for the taking. This includes health and natural medicine. In Christ, we are restored and hereby ordered to carry out the commands of Christ in the world. And what are the plans? The obedience of the nations. Quote, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, or Christ, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. End quote. Genesis 49 verse 10. The New Testament counterpart is the Great Commission. Quote, and Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me, in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. End quote. Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20. As we like to say at Cross and Crown Church, all of Christ for all of life. We have an all-encompassing gospel because sin is a far-reaching problem. It is good news because there is finally a solution to man's sin and the consequence of man's sin. It is good news because Christ the King is a good and faithful King and our job is to refrain from trying to truncate and dismiss this gospel. We need the King Jesus gospel because salvation is not an other world only type of thing. It is a this world type of thing. We are saved from sin and death for the purpose of healing the nations. It's inescapable. A gospel paradigm for the world. Changing the world doesn't happen by adopting humanism and other God-hating tactics. In order to build the family business, the kingdom, further into the world, we're going to have to see our work in the following paradigm. 1. God's plan for change always begins from the inside out. The root problem with man is his heart, so God gives grace on the inside, which then spills over to the outside. Change, renovation, and maturity starts inside of you. 2. Godly reformation always starts locally from the bottom up. Nations are made of individuals. Win the individuals and you win the nation. 3. Healing for the nations requires a comprehensive faith for all of life, including our vision of health and longevity. It is not good enough to win doctrinal arguments. We must apply the gospel's comprehensiveness to every area of life. 4. Top-down tyranny accomplishes nothing. 
which means we must exercise servanthood dominion. Salvation by law never works. It can't work. External sanctification in the world is only going to come about through humble people serving King Jesus each and every day. Jesus gained an incredible audience for the kingdom by simply meeting people's everyday needs. Whether it was issues of social justice, sickness, or death, Jesus met the need. He did not bring people into a secret religion. He did not bring people into an escapist religion either. He preached the real-time kingdom of heaven, which was breaking into the first century through his own actions. He demonstrated the healing of the kingdom by healing people's physical bodies, the mark of a true physician. This was a holistic gospel for the whole of man's being, physical and spiritual. Christ can save your soul and he can heal your body. He didn't shy away from this truth. His kingdom reaches into all the places that sin has gone, including your fight against disease and sickness. Instead of being defiled and polluted, Jesus practiced a reverse holiness. Rather than being touched by an unclean man or woman, and thus becoming defiled according to the Israelite holiness code, Jesus polluted and defiled the sick with his holiness. He didn't get sick or defiled. He brought healing. He was the cure. It was a reverse defilement. Jesus granted healing. He didn't get sick or polluted. And what I find absolutely remarkable is the fact that if you have the cure of Christ, you are immediately qualified to dispense the cure. No classes, no diplomas, the only qualification for the school of Christ is to be in the school of Christ. When you're in Christ, you're a healer. You have divine access to the great physician, and you better believe that it is his desire to heal the nations, starting with you. In Christ, the blueprints are ours. Conclusion As we journey further into this topic, we need to have these ideas in place. You need to know that in Christ, you are a prophet, priest, and king. You are called to labor for the kingdom, and part of that labor includes the promotion of natural health and healing. The church is the priesthood of all believers, which is this extraordinary decentralization of authority and power for the purposes of advancing the gospel of wholeness and holiness. There is no secret source nor secret elite who ultimately controls health and wellness. The MDs aren't kings. The pharmaceutical companies aren't deities to whom we must acquiesce. The philosopher kings aren't sovereign. Jesus is sovereign. All of it is Christ, and in him it belongs to you too. We are in desperate need of the King Jesus gospel because the world is in desperate need. We are chronically sick, infested with cancer, and the current allopathic experiment with the chemicals and neurotoxins just aren't working. There are major problems, but we have answers. After all, we have the kingdom of God and the created order at our disposal. We have the King Jesus gospel. Humanism is the religion of the day, and it exerts an ever-expanding intrusion onto our liberties, especially when it comes to freedom in health and medicine. We need to know its philosophies so we can beat its philosophies. You can't beat something with nothing. 
10 Things from Chapter 1 1. The longest-running skirmish in history is the battle between humanism and Christianity. 2. God created man in his image, and this image-bearing is a vocational calling to spread the holiness and righteousness of God into every area of life. 3. Instead of being God's holy subordinates, working for God and his kingdom plan for the world, Adam and Eve swapped their image-bearing responsibilities for a life of self-ambition and self-determination. 4. Jesus is the Lord of the universe, which is why I call it the King Jesus Gospel. 5. The gospel of the kingdom that Christ established 2,000 years ago is an entire political, Jesus is Lord, and economic, for example, thou shalt not steal, ordering of life that infiltrates and expands throughout the world in the self-sacrificial, Holy Spirit-empowered missionary activity of the church. 6. The reason we want a far-reaching gospel is because we have an all-encompassing kingdom to deal with every problem we may encounter. 7. We were bought with a price and therefore we're supposed to glorify God with our bodies. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, so honor the king with your life. Psalm 139 verse 14. 8. We need the King Jesus gospel because salvation is not an other world only type of thing. It is a this world type of thing. We are saved from sin and death for the purpose of healing the nations. 9. Jesus gained an incredible audience for the kingdom by simply meeting people's everyday needs. And 10. We are in desperate need of the King Jesus gospel because the world is in desperate need. We are chronically sick, infested with cancer, and the current allopathic experiment with chemicals and neurotoxins just isn't working. There are major problems, but we have answers. After all, we have the kingdom of God.